Hi there. This is Neil Satin, the host of Relationship Alive. This podcast is my offering to you in hopes that you can have the best, most fulfilling relationships possible. If you're finding the show to be helpful to you or to people that you know, please consider making a contribution to help support the podcast and ensure that we can continue. To do so, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Also, just a reminder that my guide to the top three relationship communication secrets, the kinds of things that help you connect with your partner, no matter how tense the conversation is, is available to you for free. All you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Okay, I think that's it. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. If you didn't get a chance to check it out yet, I definitely recommend, after you listen to this week's episode, checking out last week's episode with Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt, where you get to hear a story about a time that Chloe yelled at me in one of their workshops, and it was a good thing. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, basically the whole episode is about how to create positive intensity in your relationship. And not only that, but we talk about the art of asking for what you want. So it's definitely not an episode to be missed. It's the second time that Harville and Helen have been on Relationship Alive. Also, next week, we are going to have a return visit from Diana Richardson, who is one of the world's masters of Tantra. And we're going to explore some of the nuances of her practice that we didn't get a chance to talk about the first time that she was on the show, way back at the beginning in episode, uh, I think it was episode two or three. And uh, so I'm excited to have her back. And we are talking about some very simple things that could revolutionize your sex life. So stay tuned for that next week. Meanwhile, today, I wanted to talk about what is probably the hardest thing that anyone goes through in relationship, at least at the beginning. And even for people who are in long, long-term relationships, who seem to have mastered the art of being together for a long time, this can still rear its ugly head. And, uh, and so first, I want to describe it to you so that you know that it's normal. And then we're going to talk about while... Of course, it's normal. What do you do about it? Because we don't want to be stuck in this place forever. So what is it that is the hardest thing, at least for most couples, um, particularly after they've gotten out of the honeymoon stage? And this kind of thing could be, in fact, what ushers you out of the honeymoon stage into the moment of reckoning. (laughs) So what is it? Here's what it is. It is the art of recognizing when one or the other of you is triggered and doing something about it. Now, I know that you've heard me talk about this very topic over and over again on the show because it's so important. 
But one thing that I think that not many people realize is that this is the kind of thing that happens in all relationships, no matter how good they are. In fact, the a testament sometimes to how good your relationship is, is whether or not you're willing to speak to the truths that actually might ignite some conflict. And I spoke about this in my last solo episode about a little honesty going a long way. So that was the episode before Harville and Helen. And the thing is that so many of us get lost in this in these situations where you're talking with your partner and maybe you say something or they say something or you don't say something or they don't say something that you were hoping to hear. And very slowly or very quickly, the whole thing can go off the rails. And what this means is that one or the other of you starts going into probably something that you that's really easy to recognize, which is your habitual pattern of downward spiral. It could be a spiral into anger. It could be a spiral into sadness. Uh, it could be a spiral into frustration. Um, it could be a spiral into aloneness and feeling disconnected or despair. I'm using some pretty strong words, and that's because in these moments, some pretty strong reactions and emotions can bubble up. And what happens so frequently is that when those emotions bubble up, we get stuck. Um, if you're on the receiving end, you might get stuck thinking, oh my goodness, it's not fair, like the way that my partner is treating me isn't fair, or what they want from me isn't fair, or if you hear yourself saying the words to yourself like, this really isn't fair, then one thing is you're probably right. It probably is not fair. And the second thing is that trying to make your partner see how the way that they're treating you is not fair is not going to help the situation. And likewise, if you're in the position of having your your anger boil forth and you're starting to say unkind things or, you know, get trapped in you never or you always, um, you know, really apocalyptic, um, apocalyptic speech, then you should recognize, oh my goodness, I'm triggered. And nothing I say right now is probably going to be helpful to me or to my partner. It might mobilize all of this energy that I've got within me, but in the end, that energy, if it's not harnessed well, can be destructive. Um, particularly with anger, you know, I talked about that all the way back in episode 12 with Harriet Lerner when we talked about the dance of anger. And she's actually going to be on the show again in October to talk about her new book called Why Won't You Apologize, which is such an awesome title. And you're, you're going to find out why in that conversation um, for many reasons. But the point is that anger can be a force for good and so can sadness and so can all the things that I mentioned if they serve to help bring you closer to your partner, to help connect you. But it's when those emotions arise and start to tear us apart and tear at the bond of connectedness that we feel, that's when it's a problem. And the thing is, almost everyone experiences this. The only time you might not experience it is if you're both completely conflict avoidant and then you might just live in a state of denial or boredom um, after after a time it'll probably be totally fine at first 
But then you get to this point where one or the other of you, well, you may just grow apart from each other because you're avoiding everything that engages you, or um, one or the other of you will switch polarities and just get really frustrated. Um, this happens all the time. But I want to save you from getting to that point because I want you to recognize when you're in it with your partner and if you haven't had the experience of being in it over and over again and actually coming closer together afterwards, um, then, then this episode especially is for you because all you need to know is that this getting in it with your partner is totally normal. Again, everyone does it. The question is, what do you do when you recognize that it's happening? And I think it's so important for couples when you're not in a state of one or the other of you being triggered, like when you're having a great day, let's say you're, you're at a picnic and all's well in the world, that is a perfect moment to bring up the conversation of what the fuck you're gonna do the next time one or the other of you is triggered. And hopefully you can do it in a really lighthearted way so the act of bringing up the conversation doesn't trigger you or your partner. And it could be kind of scary to bring it up. But what you want to do is arrive at a strategy. Sometimes you might even want to have a backup strategy and a backup backup strategy. But you want to have something that you can agree on with your partner so that when one or the other of you goes offline, um, you have a way of calling a truce, calling a timeout, engaging in the strategies that bring you back into balance so that you're not in that um, horrible duel between your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system, like fight, flight, or freeze. You instead want to come back online with your neocortex, the part of your brain that is all focused on being social and connecting and being creative and you can't do that when you're triggered if you've been listening a while you know this to be true because i've said it you know and it's it's true just because i've said it over and over again um so i don't want you to despair if you're in that kind of situation with your partner and i want you to realize that when those things come up the real answer is to find a way to come back into regulation now, that might involve taking space from your partner. Um, it might involve just saying, I see that you're really angry right now and I don't think I have the capacity to, um, to engage in that anger right now. Like, can we, can we talk about this in 10 minutes or can we talk about this tonight? Can we set time aside um, to talk about this thing? Or if your partner is really despondent, wow, I see that you're you you seem really sad right now and I'm feeling myself get really sad and I want to be able to reach out to you and you might even say I'm confused I don't I don't know what to do the point is that you do something to shift the conversation away from the way that it's going which is downward and or or just an, an upward escalation into chaos and if you've been there and most of us have been there then you know what I'm talking about how do you come back to a place where both of you feels safe? And once you're there, that's where you're going to be able to talk about strategy. That's where you're going to be able to admit the parts that were your fault after all because your partner did have at least some reason to get triggered. So maybe there is something that you're responsible for in there that you can take responsibility for. 
And then maybe you can strategize around how do, what do we do next time? So whether it's what do we do next time we get triggered or what do we do next time that I forget to pick up the kids at school um, because I'm working so hard at the office or any number of things that could cause a problem in your relationship. So we're going to talk more about apologizing in a few weeks with Harriet Lerner. But in the meantime, I just wanted you to know that if you get into it with your partner or you, something happens and you feel that break and you can you know that feeling I'm talking about, it could be like a knot in your gut or um, tension in your chest or that fluttery feeling, um, that doesn't mean that there's a mortal uh, defect in your relationship with your partner. It means that you actually are affecting each other, which is good. You're, that's why you're in relationship. But of course, you want to get into a positive feedback cycle where you're affecting each other in increasingly positive ways um, and not so much in the negative ways. Can you recognize it when it's happening? And if so, what can you do about it that's a change from the way you habitually respond in those situations? Can you do something, anything different that recognizes, oh my goodness, one of us is triggered or both of us are triggered, we got to come back to safety. Please let me know how it goes. Let me know what you notice, let me know what you try, and let me know what changes. This is a really important step for most couples if you haven't gotten past this place yet. And the way that getting past it looks like is you hit those spots, you feel all the ickiness and sometimes even a little bit of disconnection, and then one or both of you realizes what's going on and you end up finding your way back to each other, back to connection, and back to often laughing about whatever it was that had you totally set off or had your partner totally set off. And then you move on and you're stronger for it. And every time that happens, you're stronger and you're stronger and you're stronger. This won't happen if every time it happens, you just get further and further apart or further and further traumatized. So the repair is actually really crucial. And apologizing is often a huge part of that, which is why the conversation with Harriet is going to be so important in a few weeks. You won't have long to wait, I promise. In any case, I really appreciate your taking the time to be here with me today. I love, of course, being here with you to talk about relationships. Let me know how things are going either in the Facebook community, um, Relationship Alive community on Facebook, or you can email me, Neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S at neilsatin.com. I'm here for you. And uh, there's lots of exciting stuff that's happening on the podcast in the next few weeks. So please stick around and uh, we'll see you next week with Diana Richardson. Take care. <laughs>